0: Before we start this episode of Doctor Who's cast, we'd like to draw your attention to BLAM UK, a charity which promotes a truthful discourse of blackness through analysis of history, by providing more diverse education for young people. Right now, you can donate to help BLAM organise free lessons on black history for children. And if you are a white fan of Doctor Who and want to continue to learn, educate and be more actively anti-racist, I'd like to recommend the podcast Woke Doctor Who, who have done several episodes on how race in both the fandom and the show has been portrayed. I'd especially recommend the episode Martha, My Dear, which goes a long way to explain the toxic institutionalised racism that we as Doctor Who fans need to reject in ourselves and in our community to create a better world.
1: And we're back. Yes.
0: If you've, done a, if you've done a double listening, Bill. If
1: you're trying to do a yeah, yeah, exactly. This is this, this is the B side.
0: Yes, this, this is the B side. That's exactly it. That's, this is the, the
1: shitter one.
0: How? No, don't don't prejudge this podcast before it happens.
1: No, that's what the B side is. The B side is like the double feature. No, the B
0: side is the it's indie the B edgy one. It's a B movie. Yeah, but it's but that but Doctor Who is a B movie, and that's the reason it's fantastic.
1: <laughs> this is this is the thing to last week's The Exorcist. Okay, yeah. Like, people like it, but it's not as good as The Exorcist.
0: Oh, see, I think this, this is X-Men 2 compared to X-Men 1. Well, then you're laughing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
1: right. Um, uh, happy to welcome back to Dr. Hengi-Cast. The
0: Hengi-Cast.
1: Uh, the wonderful <laughs> Mr. Siobhan Brown.
2: Yay! Hello!
1: Oh, no, you don't talk yet. Uh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, wait for us to bring you in. We have a queue. We have a queue lined up. So, like I was saying, the wonderful Mr. Siobhan Brown. Uh, how are you, Siobhan? That's your okay. queue. I'm doing really well. That was a test. That wasn't the queue. Oh, my God. <laughs> <We can't. laughs> that wasn't the real queue. When the real queue happens, you'll know. Is Has it happened yet? Uh, who cares?
2: Is it... <laughs>
0: This is the Doctor Who podcast and we are covering episode ten. Episode ten? Sure. Episode ten. The Doctor dances, uh, which is the the two-parter, second part of the Empty Child. Doctor dances. Stephen Moffat's first on-screen Doctor Who story. Yes. And doesn't he do well? Doesn't uh, he peak? Doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, do you want me to? You normally bring me in on in this, but you're having ah, a sip of your cup of tea. Oh, do, you want, yeah. do you want me to uh, do a little uh, introduction you know of what? the episode? I'd, I'd like to try it this week. You know what? Why not? Okay, I'll get the countdown music up. That's fine. As you know, we'll do it in post. We'll do it in post. We'll do it in post. We'll do it live. Okay, right. I'm, I'm, uh, should I clap the rhythm? Or no. Okay, fine. Right. Ready? Three, two, one.
1: Go. It picks up right after the last episode. The Doctor sends the gas mask zombies to their room which causes the Empty Child to leave um, What's her name? Uh, Nancy alone. The Doctor, Rose and Captain Jack escape the hospital and the Empty Child, they realise that it has its origins in a nanogene um, warship which was actually made the mistake of thinking that a dead child killed in the Blitz was what all humans should look like and they're, try- they're not trying to turn everyone into a zombie to kill them, they're trying to turn everyone into a zombie to save them and heal them. And when they realise this, and they also realise that Nancy is actually not Jamie's sister, as she had said, but the mother, her love for her son and the shared DNA causes the nanogenes to realise they made a mistake and they turn everyone back to normal, not just back to normal, but better than before. Then, just as Jack is leaving, he and Rose uh, the, he, Rose and the Doctor go off and the this together because he will sacrifice himself to get rid of the bomb that was headed right for them. DONE! Wow! Ding, ding, ding! That was very good! Damn right. It's not funny at all that I get it right. Um, <laughs> that's why you
0: did it. Yeah. No, it was actually a bit... yeah.
1: It was boring. It was a bit dull. I can it do just, it. Because I, just... I, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah, it was really dull. Although I did forget what Nancy was called. I was like, Daisy?
0: Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that was very good. I was very impressed. It was. It was. It It went really, really well up until the point you ruined it by ruining the sound and clanging your glass down. But that's oh, fine. Oh, fuck you. It's not a glass. <laughs> it's a mug. That's very true. It's ceramic. Um, so yeah, we've d- we've done that now. Very well done, Charlie. Very, very yeah, well done. Yeah. Um, so, Siobhan, what are your opinions? Let's just let's just dive into this episode. Um, how well do you think it follows on from the Empty Child and resolves the st- the questions brought up in
2: the Empty Child? Excellently. It's a it's a really really well written two parter. This concludes all of the questions that you had. It it raises a few uh, sort of. Nerdy consistency questions. But in terms of storyline... We'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. In terms of storyline, it, it, it all makes sense and the reveals don't feel like they... They feel earned. They feel earned, yeah. The reveals The reveals feel natural and, uh, dare I say, organic. Oof. Lovely. Like an organic gas mask.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> here's, here's a question, Siobhan. Do you think... I know you said it lives up, but do you think that if you were to take them separately, this improves upon or slightly falls at the last hurdle compared to the other? Or do you think that it's just a continual good streak?
2: Ooh, interesting question. In terms of whether it improved or or fell down, I would say the ending feels a little limp, uh, having now seen this three times in three weeks, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen it three times, I've only seen it twice. Yes, yeah, so I've done better than us. It just sort of rolled on after You're the full. first time I watched it and I was like, sure, I guess I'll watch the Doctor dances now then. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> um, shall we move on to the Doctor?
2: Yeah, we always do. We always do.
0: This episode, I have two, I have, I have, a, I have a little theory. Would you mind to indulge me in my little theory? Go on, Will. I think that the Doctor works out what happens about this off about the Tudor warship and the nanogenes i think he works it out at the em- end of the empty child when he says Tudor warship and he looks quizzical and i think the rest of it is him as he says at the end about psychology i think the rest is ch- he is him walking through the thing so that he makes sure that jack is on his side and make and tries to change i that's my little theory is that i don't th- i think he knows what's ha- what's happening i just think he kn- i just i think he's I think that the, the psychology starts earlier than just the end of the episode. Does that make sense? Uh, it does, but I don't agree. I okay. don't I don't think that he's
1: weighing up Jack. Cause I think, at the end of the day, he's been around people he doesn't trust before. And I think that as far as being a threat would go, he can handle Jack. There's a bunch of things about Jack that maybe he is a bit intimidated or worried by, but I don't think it's to do with The Empty Child quite so much as it is to do with his relationship with Rose. Yep. So... I do agree that he has figured a lot of stuff out by the end of The Empty Child, but I don't think, it reminds me a bit of, you know how Columbo would figure, like, figure it out at the beginning, but he'd have to work backwards from the solution? Yeah. He's like, okay, so, it's a Chula warship, and it's turning everything, and, and that's what's connected to this, and the boy was connected, and, Nancy, and he's like... I've got all the pieces. I just need to put it all together. Mm. So I don't think he's figured everything out, but I think he has all the relevant pieces at that point. Okay. I think the one thing he's missing is that Nancy is the mum.
0: Yeah, and I think he doesn't work that until the, out, that out until the very end, um, because the wonderful shock, as all as all of them say, mummy. I mean, just Christopher Eccleston should win an Oscar. No, he shouldn't, because it's that's he's not. <laughs> a uh, but he should win. He should have won a BAFTA for this episode because, like, his facial expressions from like to like when the empty child like that scene was voted the scariest scene on television I believe in at the time in 2005 really? the scene where the doctor's like I've sent it to his room this it this is its room and then he turns around and the way that he
2: sells that is just yeah. gorgeous I will never not be afraid of that reveal I, I've said i seen mm. this three times three, and I will never not be afraid of him saying the tape stopped about 30 seconds ago and I'm always like I know what's coming but fuck me
1: see that never scared me quite as much as when you actually see the child there
2: oh i mean that whole movement from the oh it stopped running what's that mean what, it's it's just the actual child's voice and then when he turns and i'm like oh god my heart <laughs> yeah i know it's and it's it's
0: it's almost played i think what's nice about it is it's not got this huge like scary horror score behind it as well it's just it's kind of just like it's very simple. Yeah, very simple. Um, yeah, and that it, it's 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 situationally scary and not like unorganically scary.
1: I think of this as like,
0: so far in this season,
1: it is Eccleston's second best performance after Dalek. This uh, ep- yeah. uh, do- Doctor Dances, more even more so than Empty Child. I because th- he has so much to do in this
0: episode. Yeah, and he and he has people to, in the fir- in the first episode. He's predomin- He does he he does a lovely job. But he's just predominantly- a cute. In the first episode, he's predominantly cute, and he's with Nancy for the most of it. He's not with Rose or Jack, and with Rose and Jack, he has a, a hell of a lot of chemistry. Um, he has chemistry with Nancy as well, but it's, it's a different. different type of chemistry. It's, it's, well, it's a, lot, it's a lot
1: like safer and a lot... Yeah,
0: and it's a lot less bouncier. It's less yeah. and quippy. Um,
1: I still think Nancy is my favourite side character who appears for one story of this entire season.
0: Mm. So, Simon, Pegg still, Simon Pegg is overridden... Yeah. I... Simon Pegg... It's Simon Pegg. It's Simon no, Pegg. No, no, he's, he's, no he's, he's, he's great. I <laughs> love like Nancy. She just...
1: You feel like... I don't imagine before any scene that Simon Pegg is in, he's doing anything particularly interesting. Whereas I think the sign of a three-dimensional character and performance is that I imagine Nancy is doing something before this story and will be doing something after this story. She She has a life. She has... A lot, going, a lot going on. I think it's partly Florence Hoth absolutely selling it. It's partly the fact that I think the script gives her stuff to do, but it's also quite respectful of what she's going through. Yeah. Uh, I know, I, I love Nancy so much.
0: I think she also has so much, in this episode especially, she has so much self-initiative. It's not like she's being carried along by the doctor. She is doing this investigation work herself. She is going out to like give the kids, kids like the yeah. rest of the food and to check they're okay. Um, she then gets caught and she tries. She sa- saves herself by singing a lullaby to the um, to the guards and etc. Like everything that she, she's not. A, she's not a helpless victim who keeps no. on repeatedly getting saved by the doctor. She she is for the most part doing all of this in tandem with the doctor. And they just happen to meet at the end. And she just happens to be the key pivotal figure. Yeah. Um, which is really, I really like about her part. Um, also, I, um, I'm i very hungover today, but I have cried twice in one day um, because of this <laughs> and episode. And then you watched the
1: episode. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, just, I was crying at the start of the day, and then I watched the episode. It was it, her, like, yes, I am your mummy reveal. There's something about it. I think it's the I'm so sorry before the hug. I think it's just so genuine, and it's... It really feels like... I, oh god, I'm going to start clearing up now. I'm literally clearing up now. This is ridiculous. I don't cry. Um, oh, that was... Anyway. Um, well, you do. I, yeah. You so do. I I'm a crier. I only uh, cry... Except
1: for when you are crying.
0: Yes, but I, I cry... I'm a crier at... Uh, this makes me sound a bit like a psychopath. But I only cry at films and TV, majoritively.
1: And that's true of a lot
2: of people.
0: Mm. Well, that's good. That's
2: good. Sivana, are you a crier? I have become more of a crier at films and TV, but that's because. you becoming hanging... a father. Oh <laughs> my god. Oh my god. Changes lives. As I have uh, grown more dadsy in my energy, I have started crying at more things. <laughs> You've gone from creepy uncle to fun dad. Hey, hey, I will not be accused of pre -pre uncle energy by Charlie Harris. (laughs) Hey, my vibe is depressed, Grandpa.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, uh, back to the Doctor. Um, Do you feel like his relationship with Rose changes between the beginning of this episode and the end of this episode?
0: Um... Yes and... No, no like, that's a really good question. I, yes! Yes. <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, Siobhan, answer first, and I'll have some time to compose my thoughts.
1: Or just steal Siobhan's
0: answer. Yeah,
2: or just agree with Siobhan, yeah. Their chemistry becomes more overt, especially, uh, especially in the scene where they dance to the most generic Glenn Miller song they could. But uh, it's, it's that all throughout the... Uh, this season, there is... Put it this way. Normally, I find Will They, Won't They incredibly boring, intensely dull to watch, because I've seen it so many times. But the way in which the character of the Doctor functions, constantly revealing so... There are so many secrets the Doctor has and so many different parts of the personality that as Rose finds out, just the fact that even the Doctor can dance brings out a a new aspect of their chemistry, but it doesn't really fundamentally change their relationship, I think. It it doesn't. I don't know if I
1: think of The Doctor and Nine as will-they-won't-they as much as will-they-could-they? Or will-they-should-they? It's kind of what are the implications of an overt romantic relationship between the two, which I think get kind of explored a bit more in season two. Um, in season two once um, David Tennant takes over, and a lot more overtly, but I don't know, I, I think there is something, weirdly enough, I, the development in their relationship in this episode for me is so complicated, because it's not like going up a level closer to a romantic relationship, the fact that he basically tells her, yeah, I've been around 900 years, I can dance. Which is quite explicitly a euphemism for "I fuck." Um, for me, that's sort of it, bear with me on this. It's kind of parental in a weird way. Like, yeah, I have a life. I have been young. I have. I'm not. Al- I haven't always been this kind of more mature person that you see. I've done stuff. I've done stuff that. You've, I've done stuff that you've done. I'm not totally alien in every respect.
2: So what I'm hearing is, the Doctor fucks. That's what I've taken away from that from that uh, really insightful thing that you said, Charlie. Mostly I've taken away. Oh, I said the Doctor fucks. <laughs> <laughs> but he did. But he, or, does. Or he did, does. or at least did, or at least did. And this is the first time he acknowledges that, being like, yeah, obviously I, obviously I did. I'm a person who's been around for almost a thousand years. Of course, I've had sex. Also, he has a granddaughter. Had a granddaughter. Had a granddaughter. Mm. Which is, you know,
1: so they never talk about, but it's, it's always like referenced.
0: Um, I I think that it's also an episode where Rose discovers the se- discovers the sexuality of the Doctor a bit more than like, especially when Didn't you're we placed to yeah, No right. <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're placed against like um like the uh, uber sexual yeah. Captain jack yeah, but that's exactly it like jack, captain jack is kind of in this episode and, and throughout this episode rose ulti- like she is won over by jack in the empty child and throughout this episode she slowly moves away back to the doctor um which i which i think is, is a sort of realization of like oh the doctor can't be sexy as well he can be mr spock um sexy leather nimoy um, but also it, it's,
1: uh, I think calling him Spock was like wishing he'd be sexy.
0: Well no, I think you <laughs> wanted to be
2: Pike. Oh Pike is hot. Yeah, hot, hot. daddy. Um sorry. Wow, something down. just jumped out of Will there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm looking at him right now.
0: <laughs> uh, was that one of those alien aliens that like came out of my chest? It was that was that was that was what that <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, sure, your chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I um, there's 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 a line in like the earlier episodes, I believe it's um, Aliens in London or Wobble Three, where he, she goes like, it's not about sex with him, it's just it, he's, he's not about that. Aliens in London. Aliens London. She says that line. He's not my
1: boyfriend. He's much more important than that.
0: Yes, and I think yes, and I think that this episode she's she both realizes that he is much more important than that, but also that she he cat could be her boyfriend. Which I think makes the next episode with Mickey even more of a, or even more of like, oh yeah. God, oh Mickey, Mickey, well, Mickey still Mickey, around Mickey. at this part of the season. Oh yeah, he is. <laughs> what what, what do you think about Mickey? I'm, I I I don't. Are you a, are you a fan?
2: I like Mickey more in the second season. I just I, mm-hmm. I just I just entirely forget his existence for most of this season. You and Rose.
1: But I also think that being a fan of Mickey is different and often completely separate and opposed to being pro-Mickey and Rose. Mm. (laughs) You like him the further away he gets from this very toxic relationship. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And quite immature. Yeah, really. yeah, the first episode. The first episode, Mickey looks like a fool, and gradually, by gradually, as he gets a, a bit more sense of himself, you like him more and more and more and more. But Rose, he is presented terribly. But yeah, you know, he's he's an he's an ordinary guy,
1: mm. and he's meant to counteract like the ordinary with the extraordinary man that comes into her life. What I always thought about Rose and the doctor's relationship so far is that it's almost like they've gone from 0 to 10, while leaving 1 till 9 completely empty. So even though in some respects it's very deep and very fulfilling, there is a huge void that they haven't gone through. There are steps that they haven't gone through. And that's why you have people like Adam, you have people like Jack, you have... Even, even Mickey, who wrote sort of saying, this is okay because I'm not a levels one through nine so it's okay for me to have someone to do that in my life and i'm not just talking about sex
2: Mm. but i'm not not talking about it here's a question do you think the doctor eats ass (laughs) which doctor nine
1: the question is which doctor um eats ass yeah yeah which doctor which doctors eat ass eats the most ass (laughs) Uh,
0: eats the most ass oh that's a very different question um actually no it's not two no, 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 because he consistently eats Jamie's ass. <laughs> and that's not most. That's not most. That's con- no, but the most
1: consistent ass.
0: Uh, I think McGann, because I think McGann is fine. <laughs> he eats <I> <laughs> Jamie Ashford's butt. Yeah, I think I think he loves it. I think he absolutely loves it. He you saw know, her in that ball gown first day, and he was like, oh, uh, like you, you know five? what? You know what?
1: I think I think Smith does. Smith. Smith. Sean, you said five. Or if Smith wants to the most, doesn't mean he
2: does it the most. Yeah, yeah. I think five probably eats the most ass. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm going to put that out there for you. I think the fifth Doctor ate Is the Is that most just ass. wishful thinking? No, or... no. I, I, I can assure you, some of the outfits he wore, only someone who eats that much ass can, can wear. So I, all those stripes, nonsensical. <laughs>
0: well, he also had at one point three companions in the TARDIS. He did. One,
2: one guy and two women. That's like a human quadruped. Yes, he did. Um,
1: That's let's not what a quadruped is.
2: And one of those companions. As I was saying earlier, uh, because uh, I was uh, chatting to them uh, to to the chats of a of a Facebook chat, I was saying that I like to go on archive of our own and just look up what the fan fiction people who they think should be banging. <laughs> and...
1: One his question, on archive of our own, Doctor Who. Is it, sep- is it separate things like it is on IMDb for 1966 to 1989 and then 2005 to present? Well, they have Are yeah yeah, yeah, they, yeah they have a
2: Doctor Who from 1963 and the Doctor Who from 2005 and then they also have this one that's like 80,000 stories of 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 everything together. But as five having his three companions, one of them was one of the few companions who has ever actually run a diagnostic on the TARDIS successfully because he was also an alien, and I think that is evidence enough that ass was being eaten on that ship.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was with
2: you up to a point. Where... <laughs> well, that didn't make sense to you, that hard left turn towards... Uh... <laughs> towards... Um... Which doctor eats the le- least
0: ass? I love that I'm like, so, <laughs> ass. I'm thinking so...
2: I wanna say Colin Baker. Yeah, I was thinking Colin. I think Colin... Followed <laughs> by David Tennant. Yeah. For different reasons. Why would you think what, David Tennant... What, why, why, he just why, sticks in. That,
0: <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't get straight to the point.
2: Um, what, 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 sorry, what were you asking, Shablon? Why do you think that David Tennant might be second in the running for eating the least ass of all the doctors?
0: Yeah, I'm, I actually am fascinated by that. I
2: think,
1: not so much to do with his personal tastes, but the girls and women he seems to fancy, and fancy him back... Don't seem like the sort of person that want their ass
0: eaten. Oh, I see. That's that's a tough line, uh, a tough line to do. People, people, people surprise you. Um, I w- look. Okay, Elizabeth
1: the First didn't have her ass eaten. See, you I don't know that did. Madame de Pompadour didn't no, have her ass eaten.
0: I think I think that's how Elizabeth the First remained celibate.
2: All <laughs> <laughs> oh, dead. <laughs> you should be burned as a witch. <laughs> Charlie, are you suggesting? Sorry, sorry. sorry. Are you suggesting Madame Um, Pompadour, um, mistress of a French king, wasn't getting her ass eaten? Nonsense. No, I thought (laughs) she was pegging him. (laughs) I think I've derailed. French king did not eat ass. No, the French king didn't eat ass. He was getting pegged. I think we've drifted away from the topic of conversation that should be the Doctor Who podcast. (laughs) Well, no. On,
0: on that, we wanted to have a. Dis- um, we were talking on Facebook Messenger about who, how, if you were to.
1: A while ago, a while ago, we divided up the different do- all thirteen doctors. 14 oh, uh, fourteen. Fourteen now. Into different gay subcategories. Or yeah, sexual orientations, or yes, yeah, so categories.
0: Or was it was it in terms of like twink bear, or was it in terms of it, like?
1: It was a real it was a real mix because there aren't 14 things that I know, so I had to, we had to be a bit loose with it.
2: I don't think any of the doctors could be called a bear.
1: Oh, Tom Baker. We said Tom Baker.
2: Perhaps. <laughs> you don't look convinced at all. <laughs> I just all of them have all of them are too clean cut to be a bear. I think John Hurt. What?
0: John Hurt's not a bear.
2: John John, Hurt is no, a but wolf. he's not
0: clean cut. No, John Hurt is a wolf. He's John Hurt is a wolf. Yeah, <laughs> old or or an old bear. Yeah, he Tom Baker is. Money. Tom Baker is an otter. That's who Tom Baker is. <laughs> okay. That I, is who Tom I Baker. I thought he was David Tennant is. was an otter. The, uh, he's, he's really skinny. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so let's go through them. Hartnell is. Straight and uh, straight we said, we said straight. I straight non straight. Yeah, was, yeah. We
2: yeah, yeah. The first Doctor, yeah. is straight. And that's
0: not just because he has a granddaughter. Um, he um just for you doesn't give
2: off that energy. No, he, has,
0: he just he just is a
2: yeah. He has intense straight guy energy. The first Doctor, there is uh, no... Yeah,
0: he also said the words about his granddaughter. I'm going to give you a smack bottom, and I think that would <laughs> be very camp. But that was not the intention with that, that was <laughs> yeah yeah
1: that
0: was yeah.
1: What? crazy racist william hartnell mm. <laughs> didn't like girl cameron is that true yeah he did he opposed him being cursed on the episode oh wow yeah
0: oh fuck! wow
1: yeah oh. <laughs> i found that out i'd like to attribute to cameron oh I, I need to think about how to do this mm. <laughs> um that patrick troughton we said was a
0: power bottom uh, it's, yeah, that's not necessarily a subcategory. I know, but so. we have to do fourteen. There are more than fourteen subcategories. Not, can... f- not for the layman. I think Patrick Troughton is into piss play. <laughs> that is a subcategory. this down. this down. It's not <laughs> list. This is
1: how we alienate all the Doctor Who fans we want to try to get yeah, on Yeah, true.
0: Let's go back to the topic. After I've said that, I, I'm just thinking about like how <laughs> we're, we're to... releasing
1: it. <laughs> Oh, my God! On our Instagram.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, if if any of the Doctor Who fans want some relief, come and shut (laughs) up.
1: The one thing we can say, that nine was a top. Nine was a top. Nine was
0: a top, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's That's,
1: all. That's And I I leave this to you in your own time. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: if email us, drhoodcast at gmail.com, if you want to, like... See the whole chart.
2: Yes. I'm... I def- I do want to see the whole chart, because I'm, I'm, I'm... You fat- can help <laughs> finish it. Yeah, <laughs> so to speak. Um,
0: right, um, so should we move on to Rose? Uh, I... Yeah, the, okay. The homophobic... Was... That is Rose.
1: No. Oh, no, there was... there was um, one. Speaking of um, homophobia, there was one thing I did want to mention. I was going to say it for LGBT, but it feels like a good uh, time to say it now. Captain Jack is the first explicitly um, queer Doctor Who character in any episode, but there was going to be, in 1989, a story um, with a homosexual love story with one of the companions, but it was vetoed by the BBC. Was that Ace? Was that when Ace... No, I I think it was a male companion. Oh! Or or a male character. I don't know if it was a companion. I
0: haven't seen the episode. Because there is a fantastic Twitter group called um, Friends of Ace, which is for LGBT people uh, who, who are in the Doctor Who fandom. And Ace was Ace has been, I think, retroactively queer-coded. Um I think a lot of her scenes in like in Doctor Who in in, in that late period have been sort of retroactively queer-coded and, and that yeah. Um but um I think in the lockdown thing uh, Goodbye Sarah Jane, um I think this is true, Ace turns up with her wife. Um so Rusty Davis has kind of canonised that now. Uh! As the first as the first queer character, which is kind of nice. I kinda of like that. Um and it was especially with Ace as a character, I and mean, that's a that's a cool
2: cool one to do. Although I, I I will say the idea of Sylvester McCoy being sexual at all does make me feel uncomfortable and like my skin is covered in spiders. <laughs> like Well, I'm
0: glad we didn't get to him on our our gay sex <laughs> thing, that's to say that. I'm glad we stopped at two. Um I'm just thinking that we're gonna definitely have to put an explicit on this episode. <laughs> we're but, we to that in, but we
1: swear in all of them.
0: Yes, we don't talk about piss-playing all of them. I don't talk about piss-playing any of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's get on to Rose. Um, I I think this is the best Rose has been as a companion. Like, as a, as a competent companion. We were talking about before in the podcast about some companions fulfil a more empathetic role and some companions fulfil a more practical role. This episode, I think she... Juggles both quite
1: well. Are you saying this is the most competent she's been, or the most enjoyable she's been to watch? Are you saying as a viewer, or as someone, you're imagining yourself in the it's. I think
0: so far it's the most competent she's been. I can't think of yeah. another episode where she's been more competent. Potentially long game. Potentially long game.
1: But long game, she just kind of doesn't... She just goes along with the Doctor.
0: Yeah. Whereas, she has more autonomy here. And I like that in this one, it's... Um, I, I got a bit annoyed after, um, at first watching of it when the Doctor just sent off Rose with Nancy. Um, for no, and even though they'd not, never met before, it's like ah, women can do things
2: together. Give <laughs> the barbed wire,
0: while men have the talking. Well, he doesn't
1: want to leave Jack with either of them. Well,
0: that's that. My now viewing on it is that like Rose is able through that little scene we see to not only calm down Nancy, but also not calm down. Sounds quite patronising. Um, what's what's the word I want to say? I don't know. It's she's it, Rose and Nancy's conversation seems. To give a bit of solace to Nancy, who is like struggling with everything right now, as well as the, um, as well as acting as kind of like similar to her with Gwyneth of like Londoner with Londoner, or I know I know I know Gwyneth was Welsh. I know Gwyneth was Welsh. As long as you know that, <laughs> I, know <Gwyneth> was Welsh. <laughs> I know that she came from Cardiff, even though it was shot in Swansea. But like, what I, lower middle class to lower middle class, or or you know what I mean, like contemporary. Um, throughout time, a sort of class distinction, as opposed to Jack an alien from the 51st century, and the Doctor an alien from whatever time. Um, so I like that. I, I like just that thought now.
1: the Doctor is terrified that if he sends Jack
2: off, alive, then they will come back pregnant. <laughs> and fantasy, that's just not an option. No. The Doctor, of course, not afraid of becoming pregnant at that moment in time with Captain Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
0: if, imagine if that's how like Susan was conceived in some weird timeline. Sorry, Susan's his granddaughter. That makes no sense. Ignore me, ignore all of that. Um, um
2: Wow.
1: Wow, wow, wow. Um
0: uh, any thoughts on Rose, Siobhan or Charlie? Uh
1: Yeah, I really I really enjoyed the chat the scene she has with Nancy. I think that's the most stuff she gets to do independently in this episode but i also love that he trusts her to use a sonic screwdriver Mm. which is you know not great special effects literally just like copy and paste the bit of barbed wire (laughs) (laughs) like it just kind of grows i don't know what i was expecting or what i wanted to happen like a big
0: spark and (laughs) it's like a firework like a magician that turns a dove into something else
1: but it just kind of looked like here's a picture of it broken i'm gonna copy and paste (laughs) <laughs> the missing bit. Yeah, no, it does. It, does it doesn't look out. great, um, but that—that's you know far far from a deal breaker. Interesting that, considering their last mission, she got in huge trouble for breaking the rules of time travel. Yeah, and then she tells someone in World War Two how World War Two ends, and it's not as big, but you you know. And she says, I shouldn't be telling you this. But it's like, yes, you, but you know why. Yeah, don't tell me <laughs> that. So you're aware that this is the case.
2: Oh, God. Hard, hard cut 2005 and the Germans have won the war somehow. Because <laughs> yeah, all the true. British got complacent. <laughs> Rose causes the men of the high castle. It's her fault. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. The doctor would bitch slap Rufus Sewell in *Men in the High Cup. <laughs>
0: um, well, I, I'm, what was I going to say? Something, something really <laughs> sort of important. Oh yeah, I just can't wait until we've got Martha as the companion to have to have like a, an, a nice competent companion.
2: Oh yeah,
0: because she Martha is just like. Out of all, I think out of most of the companions, maybe Amy, but even Amy sometimes has the. Amy is so
1: inconsistent.
0: Yeah, she's either like incredibly good as a companion in terms of the competency, or she's a damsel in distress. It's very inconsistent. Um, But Martha is Martha is just like she does everything. She it's almost like every episode is solved by Martha doing something. (laughs) So, is Martha just more intelligent than Rose? No, I think she's got a a better sense of intuition as well, um, in terms of knowing what to do in a situation. I think Rose in the Rose in the very first episode shows that under extreme pressure she's good, but I think um because, Rose is better under pressure. Yes, whereas I think Martha is just more competent all the time. She doesn't need to be under pressure to be competent. Does
2: also, that make sense? yeah,
1: she well she's a junior doctor. She's like natural. She has. She's smart. It's a. It's a. Position that does require you to be quite smart.
2: Yeah, yeah. She, 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 she chose to go into a field where she deals with stress all of the time, all of the time, just as part of her job. Yeah. Clap for Martha Jones. Clap for Martha Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: dear. Uh, we should not do that every episode, like the NHS clap. It's like every, at the end of every episode.
2: I think we've
1: missed the boat on that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Probably. Uh, I think Rose this episode is... Uh... She is weirdly uncritical of Jack. That's something I picked up. Even once uh, the Doctor's like, no, it really is his fault. All of this stupid shit is his fault. Rose just keeps giving him the goo-goo eyes. And it's so... It's so frustrating. So did you. So did you. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not there in the situation with them. I'm just watching them for my entertainment. <laughs> 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 That was a very slurred sentence. <laughs> I, found, I didn't find
0: Jack as sexy this episode as I did last episode. I found him more slimy this episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because he kept um, denying things were his fault, which is not a sexy look. Yeah, and he just kept... I just... I, just, I don't know. I think also...
0: I think you said that the squareness gun was stupid. Oh, the <laughs> squareness
1: gun was so shit. <laughs> it is stupid. Like, I don't know why... Except, like, just to mention, oh, isn't that funny, it's a squareness gun. It's yeah. not really, I'd like, is it a joke, is it just a...
0: Because if, if
1: it's played straight, it's just a bit... Sh- it's just, his weapon is a bit shit.
0: I think that that weapon could have been anything. It just it just happened to be a squareness gun because Stephen Moffat was like, oh, that's quite cool. But um, I think the main part, point of the weapon, is that it's sonic. And I like that there's a sonic blaster against a sonic screwdriver. And in the end, the sonic blaster runs out of battery, so the screwdriver wins. Yeah. So um, which is which is It's not about the
1: size of your sonic device. It's
2: well wh- it's how long you can last. It's about whether the sonic device that you have had had its factory blown up by a man you never met. And yes, A banana farm. <laughs> <laughs> which actually That is one of the
0: best just like throwaway lines of the, of the of this episode. Okay, but I don't like these keep the banana
1: why it's a good source of potassium and like Sure, yeah, that's funny. But I do think it takes away from the terror
0: of the scene. Oh, see, this is the thing. It's so the one I have only ever... I, don't, I didn't think I recognised those lines at, as being said at all because I was so scared <laughs> when I first watched this episode. So for me, it's a nice Easter egg I, when I write... now I'm older that I'm re-watching the
2: episode. But they could have put it in another part of the episode. Potentially. I don't know. I will say... I found it really interesting how the Doctor's wanton peacemaking, in this situation, from centuries ago, has actually fucked him. In this... Yes. You're not,
1: you're not wrong. The thing is, is it a banana that he had in his jacket, or is it a banana that he just finds in a hospital? During World War
2: II,
1: during yeah, rationing, exactly. during incredible.
2: Where's that banana come from? Is he always carrying the banana? Is there always... is the previous nine episodes of this season is the doctor always carrying a banana on his person? Or some fruit. (laughs) Oh, I think I might have an answer to this.
0: Oh. I bet you do. He he might have nabbed it when he was having dinner with Nancy. But why did that... Just for the journey. Why did the the
1: World War II Dursleys have bananas? Because Because the dad is having off with the butcher.
0: Yeah. Who would give them meat? Not Betty Copical did, fruit. sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I think gay Uncle Burnham 100%. <laughs> gay Uncle Burnham
2: 100% was fucking multiple people and not just the butcher. The green grocer, sure the butcher, the, the window cleaners, maker. the, 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 the travelling vacuum clean salesman, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone, yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, I'd love it if like the scene with the kids wow, how do they get their windows so clean? Must be the black market. <laughs> so instead of food, it was like just the windows being crazy clean.
2: <laughs>
0: just one, the whole scene is just like, all of the kids staring at this window.
1: You've seen a window it? that is just ridiculously clean.
0: Um, like what
1: would that even look like? Uh, I'm if a- you can see your face in it, then it's not a good window.
2: <laughs> it's, yeah,
0: it's a mirror. But then it's that's, not yeah, a that's mirror.
2: A, that's just a mirror. Yeah. It's the one in succession that he has a wank into in his office. That's a that's a really clear mirror because you can see himself window because he can see himself in it. It's not very clean for very long. Uh, Kieran Culkin, <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's doing.
0: I'm conscious of time moving on, so should we move on to the uh, the best and in- fit? What's your? Oh, no, what
1: are we talking about? We've not really spoken
0: about the monster. No, that's true. Let's talk about the monster. Um, slash villain slash villain. Um, the powers are are inconsistent. Wildly
1: inconsistent.
0: So the. The, it can. It's super powerful and super strong because a Tula warrior is super powerful and super strong. That doesn't really make sense, but we'll go past it. Why does the. So it can. But it can also project anything that's got a grill or a mouthpiece. It can project its own voice. Even like a clapping monkey. Even, yeah. yeah. In the last episode. A, a clapping monkey. And B, this episode, a typewriter. Like, that's not got a grill.
1: It's not plugged into anything. What I will say in defense of the typewriter is that the episode under so they, need, they added that whole scene where she went back to the kids later so it does it's a bit more tacked on
0: do you think this episode could have been done in one or do you think it's good that it's two uh,
1: I think the Doctor and Rose stuff needed to be in two mm. I think the actual Empty Child stuff may be less
0: I think the pl- again it's another one where the plot is a one story plot but, but the but I- the B plot yeah, but I think that the fact it's very Rusty Davis to like the fact that Nancy is so fleshed out um, is really important for a tube character. I think if I think it, if if that reveal came at the end of episode a single episode of Jamie being the son not the brother, it just wouldn't be as impactful. Because um, also considering you're
1: watching it a week apart, you have a week to especially if you, I remember when I was first watching it, I would spend the week in a two parter wondering what would happen. Mm. We don't really get
0: that anymore with binge watching, but um, yeah, just, yeah. just as a side note, um, the I didn't realise how bad this was, but the next time for Boomtown ruins the whole episode. All of the plot points are in that <laughs> <same>. <laughs> Like you could you could just show that next time and know exactly what happens in the episode. Yeah, also, apart from Mickey doesn't show up. It. <laughs> you see, me? once oh, he does, yeah. he
1: shows up at the very end of the next time. He does. Yes, he, does, he, no, does. he does.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, just, just They give it's yeah. Like, oh, everything, everything away.
1: Was, there are no secrets but about Boomtown. But they Boom also—they show everything, but not in a. I don't. I love Boomtown so much. I look forward to talking about it next week. But what I, what I will say is, based on that next time, except for the return of Sladeen, it doesn't look like a very good
0: episode. No, it looks rubbish. It looks really bad. <laughs> but I think that's what we've always said about Boomtown: is that the actual plot in that episode is it's, like meh. To to Matt Loma.
1: I love episodes with characters that hang out. Like one of my favorite bits in this episode is just the, is the ending of this episode where they're all just on the tardies hanging out.
0: Yeah. Well, I was watching you with Tom Ling, and throughout the throughout the episode, he was like, you know, I've not watched this in years. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. And then we got to the end, um, and he 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 was being more one over at one over, and then we got to the end of it, and he was like. Oh, that was just so funny at the end. I was like, was yeah, so- that's what's good about Doctor Who is that that comedy all brings it together. It makes silly plots. You're, you're looking
1: strange. Are you saying that an episode of Doctor Who was too campy for your housemate, who is a musical theatre actor and writer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> it
2: was. Yes, it was.
1: That's mad. Yes.
2: That's, that's madness. If he thinks if he thinks New Who is too campy for him, he should not try Old Who.
0: <laughs> ha- have you have you explored Old Who, Javon?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have not, not fully, but I used to catch it on, uh, on Gold on Sky. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Where those random episodes were shown. Yeah, that was a, that was a great time in life. Um, <laughs> UK TV Gold and watch. Do you remember what will watch? watch? Oh, one watch. watch.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, but I don't know if I could honestly seriously sit through one of the full serial stories they had of old who because sometimes it reaches a pitch that's so that's that's too campy for even me and i'll go i i don't know what's going on and everything looks very very silly on screen right now
0: (laughs) well they've started doing um i believe it was um um about I was about to say this week, but this podcast is going to come out so much later than this, <laughs> this actual week. Um, but um, they've started releasing um, half an hour classic episodes where editors have come in and just cut the crap. So they've released Hand of Fear on YouTube as a half an hour Doctor Who story, um, which is just basically taken out three hours of rubbish and then <laughs> of the good stuff.
1: Do the Tom Baker episode, but without the racism. And it's like five minutes
0: long. Yeah, well, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Um, classic Who's
2: gone to a place with brown people. Let's cut out all the racism, because there's going to be a bunch. (laughs)
1: exactly. Opening the TARDIS, and then going back in the TARDIS.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, next time on Doctor Who, just blank screen. Um, shall, shall we talk about favourite moments? Yeah, what,
1: what are, what's your favourite moment in this episode, Siobhan?
2: Even though the scene is really tacked on, I do very much enjoy how Nancy waits for the children to uh, to be listening to her before she decides to scare the living shit out of them with the typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, um...
1: Just for the record, I didn't... Maybe I miscommunicated. I don't think the I think I really like the scene. I like it, yeah. But it was it, it added was on, and maybe the typewriter bit was a bit tacked on.
2: Yeah, the, the, uh, the but the very. The actual scene's great, I think. It's, it's so. Uh, it's such gothic horror in that moment when she's like, who's typing? And they all look, and there's no one there. And, and she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing! She doesn't just mess with those kids to prove a point. Nancy is such a fucking businesswoman about this. <laughs> At the end of the episode, when, when she's hugging Jamie, and I, I said to you, she's not even crying. She's...
0: <laughs> yeah. I got my son back, and she's like, yay! <laughs> I guarantee you, this right. was like...
1: <laughs> I do feel like if um, this was done during the Moffat era... They would have tacked on some way where Jamie was like Jackie Tyler's dad or something. Oh
2: god! Oh god! <laughs>
1: like, they, they try to like tie it into Rose or something. Yep. Am I the only one? Is is that ridiculous that I think that? No, it's not.
2: It... It's not. I was reminding myself today when I was thinking about Doctor Who companions about the only Doctor Who companion that, that Moffat wrote and I entirely unambiguously enjoy uh, might be Nardole, <laughs> not Bill. Not Bill. Because then something I ridiculous Nardole, by the way. something ridiculous and stupid and entirely too muffat then happens to Bill. Oh she's a son. it's very tragic, but I'm like do do I but need
1: but, but the actual writing but the actual writing and performance mm. of that character to me is brilliant and the best it, it's been since Donna.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Nardole, Bill Potts, Bill. I have absolutely no time for Clara Oswald. No, <laughs> Well, I think the problem with
0: Clara is she was brought in as a bloody um, as like a, she was as a plot point. Exactly, she wasn't. She wasn't given a character. She was a plot point, um, and then and then she had to retroactively be given like personality, <laughs> and that didn't work.
2: <laughs> and, and, I think
1: she's good in Moffat's second. Uh, sorry, in um, Capaldi's second season. Yeah, season nine, she's good, but because mm. she does like more companionish stuff. Yeah, but also still Missy is twelve kind of best companion of that time. <laughs> I just wanted Missy to turn up. She's quite more interesting as well. And and like Jenna Coleman's a really good actress. That's the weird thing. Yes yeah, the way they Like apparently like I, from what I've seen in Victoria, I don't like that show, but like she's really good is that's not a controversial thing to say. No, it's not a controversial thing. No, no, Coleman
2: no. is no. Jenna Coleman is a great actress, and when I watch Clara, I'm always like, how did you manage to sap the life from this woman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I think it's just like...
1: he's going off on such a tangent, but I really don't mind, because we're talking about Doctor Who, so... <laughs> it reminds me a bit of... So Clara Oswald reminds me a bit of Captain Marvel, in the sense that The Captain Marvel scenes in Endgame were filmed not only before um, Captain Marvel was released, but before it was filmed. So Brie Larson filmed the film that was released and comes chronologically after her own origin story, which was then going to be released before. So the idea of who this character is is never solid. Mm, Yeah. And it comes out looking like, a badly written character, and I think there are really good moments with that character, but it's just they need to pick something and carry on a single journey rather than starting new ones every few episodes.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's just, just, I just sort of vaguely going, getting but the tangent back on track, yeah. but with another, your, but with another tangent altogether. Um, there's a Stephen Moffat in terms of what you were saying about um writing, um. Like overcomplicating um, with Doctor Who and like doing he in the you know the tape recorder thing. Yeah. Um. It's that tape recorder didn't become into mass production until the nineteen forties and fifties, which Stephen Moffat. Uh, it it was a la- it was around at the actual, actual time, but no one actually had them like actually at all. It was all like either American or German based. So, kind of,
1: in, there. In Don't steal my story away from me! No, in Amer- no, I'm, I'm, I'm just. You're making it better. It's true. Um, <laughs> in America, they were using uh, wire recorders rather than tape recorders. Yes. The tape recorder was being used widespread in Germany at this time, but wasn't. hadn't really made its way to the
0: West. So I'm just adding that.
2: Nice. For uh, for reasons that are self evident.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but he also adds this headcanon of like. Well, um, I imagine that de lethbridge Stewart's father stole it, stole it from the Germans, and then gave it to that hospital, and etc. I was like, "Oh, this is what, this is where the problems eventually start this, happening." Yeah, this is where it's it this, 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 this thought process. But
1: also, also uh, my, my explanation is well, it's not our
0: Earth. That's true. Like, this is like
1: Earth two. This is an Earth where there are time lords. This is an Earth where there are Daleks. Like, why is it so much of a stretch to believe that? Tape recorders came into mass production a couple of years earlier. Yeah. Considering how much shit the doctor keeps changing.
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Every time Rose opens her, uh, her her indelicate mouth, new technology appears a few years earlier. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Yeah, what's What's your favorite moment, Will? Uh,
0: my favorite moment is the the. Doctor at the end with the Everybody Lives bit, because I just think it's, there's a couple of seminal moments if, of Christopher Eccleston's time as Doctor Who, and for me, Dalek is, Dalek and The Parting of the Ways have some of the most emotional resonance for me in terms of like, d- like, feeling, feeling quite powerfully to Christopher Eccleston's Doctor, but this one is just such an uplifting, powerful, kind moment. That and it's, that it doesn't happen a lot with Chris Eccleston's Doctor. Or actually, we've, we've throughout the season we've been saying actually it happens more than we thought. But um,
1: there, there are some really delicate and charming moments with Eccleston.
0: Yes, completely more than I thought before re-watching this. But I just think that is just such a beautiful, kind, lovely like it. And it's and also in an episode that is this scary, this gothic. To so, to fact that no one died is also I think to this episode's strength, like it's like it's cool. It's cool that no one dies in this episode.
2: Is it just me? No, no, it is. It is. It is a really uplifting moment because we don't. The doctor makes a point throughout. My memory, if my memory is uh, is memory serves of of the new Doctor Who series. Makes a point of saying those times when, yeah, everyone gets to live. Amazing. This never happens. This is so rare.
1: (laughs) This story is the first one where no one dies. Mm. Like even,
0: you know, Mark Benton dies. Mark Benton dies in Rose. In Rose. Well, probably a lot of people die because of those autons. But he's the only named character that dies. Yeah, and yeah we don't don't care about the the Except for Wilson. Yeah, and especially because the end of this season is a bloodbath. It's nice to have oh my a... my It's oh, a nice God. to have a peak of, like... Because the next episode, no one no one dies in the next episode either. This is the first one. This is the first one, and then no one dies in the next episode, and then millions and millions and millions of people die in the season finale. That's the right. whole content's changed shape. So many people die. Jesus um, Christ.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of death. Um... <laughs> I love that! That's a joining point! There's a lot of death, so i <laughs> have no so I've not, not, not said my favourite moment. <laughs> oh no, you haven't. Please yeah. 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 Uh, my favourite moment is when they actually have quite a frank talk about the Doctor saying, I am a, you know, I'm a being with feelings and history and I'm not quite as alien as you might imagine mm. just because I am an alien.
0: And I think that Rose and, Ka- Rose and Eccleston's tension there is just, it's just sparking so much sparks
1: but she's also she she's not having a go at him and she's not trying to insult him she's teasing him mm. which is which is a really like good way to play it and I wonder if that's how it was written if it was a choice but the fact that she kind of goes about it almost to say oh he's like you but with you know dating and dancing it's not just saying oh well I don't think you're you could do those things it's okay prove me wrong
0: mm. it's
1: almost like well what if you were?
0: And I suppose it's also not a really nice. It's a really well written way of justifying the new romance in the series for an old Who fan. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a really nice way of saying. Well, of course, do you want the Doctor to be sexless? because he's nine hundred years old? Like he, he, like life happens, and like we've seen, Time Lords are not exactly the 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 the, the most least volatile people in the world. Um, they love a bit, love love a good bit of tyranny, uh, <laughs> and and sex and tyranny are inter- in intertwined, so to speak. Um, I want to say John
2: Simms' master eats a lot of Ass <laughs> <laughs> John Simms' master eats the most a- ass of any Time Lord in the series. I, I... that's why Lucy shot him. <laughs> Um, least
1: favorite moment. What- okay, gas mouse zombie in a wheelchair. Okay. Because they're all meant to have the same wounds, and all it makes me think is, did one of the zombies like do- doesn't need the wheelchair? Is just, oh, I'll just go in the wheelchair. <laughs> Are they like autonomous <laughs> enough that they can think? Oh fuck, it's a wheelchair. I can't be asked, I can't be asked with the walk.
0: Yeah. Fine. And they're all healed. Like they're all they're all healed. So why they in the wheelchair? It makes no sense. Yeah. Um, my least favorite moment is. Um, this scene at the end where the Doctor says, I think I, I think I have decided this 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 is homophobic, um, is when the Doctor at the end says, Oh, I'm sure he lo- wants to dance, I'm really sure he wants to dance, but with which one? And then Rose like snickers. And I was like, you did such a great job of introducing a pansexual alien. And I think what, what annoys me about it especially, is that the Doctor and Rose previously do this, Scene where he's going to flirt with algae and they they, they do it. They sort of say, "Relax, it's the fifty-first century, etc." So, um, like people are just a bit more flexible when it comes to dancing. And the doctor, it's like when the doctor says about it's a new morality, and I'm quite dead to get used to it or go home. Yeah, he tells her this is the new morality in the fifty-first century. Then makes a joke about the about the fact that he he could fancy Christopher Eccleston and Rose Snickers, and it's like,
1: eh. Here's a question. I'm not. I'm not saying I disagree with you, but could it not have also been at least written as or met or meant as? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if he wants to, if he wants to dance. I'm game. For, I'm game for dancing. It's kind of the doctor being a bit freer and a bit more open to it. I don't know if it's.
0: I think I've got less of a problem with the doctor saying that. With those loving. I think it's because they, those two have proved that they are such like a duo, duo, duo. And I think also it's the other the other thing about the scene is the look at, literally the last scene of the, the scene of the episode is a sort of cocky look that the Christopher Eckerson gives Jack as it just just after he like lifts Rose up and some sort of looks at Jack at the end and i think like the starting the scene with that and then ending it with that look just it just it does feels a bit icky with, I, for me i think
1: a problem with love triangles is that it tends to give one party very little autonomy mm-hmm. yeah and it feels a bit weird than like Fighting over Rose.
0: Well, I think that I, I did. I did a really nice job of this episode of making Jack the the alpha male, but in a different way. But I don't like that at the end of the episode. It's almost like no, 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 no. The Doctor's still like the Doctor's still the male. He's still the man. He still gets the rose. Like um, he gets the rose. It's like <laughs> like the bachelor. Like right, literally, I was about to say. <laughs> Oh my God! Could you imagine if one episode of Doctor Who, they, they like Boota? Oh my God! In bad in the Bad Wolf episode, if there was a bachelor thing and there was Jack and the <laughs> Jack and the Doctor, and then Rose had to choose which to give the Rose out to.
1: It would also be Mickey. Also <sighs> be Adam.
0: <laughs> oh my God! That is. I'm going to write that as fan fiction. That's genius.
2: Ah, oh, Adam. Ah, um, oh, Adam. There's a companion who, again, I don't feel anything for. <laughs>
1: Oh, I feel revulsion. Rebu- <laughs> well, then
2: uh, um, I, I admitted in an earlier episode,
0: I admitted in an earlier episode to that I fancied Adam as a kid. I'm so sorry. You, you know you what? One horny kid. <laughs> That's what I'm getting from this podcast. Fancying <laughs> is not horny. You're
1: I didn't not, lust you know, over Adam.
0: I just you're found, not ooh, doing it right. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just found him, you know, cute until he fucked over the doctor. <laughs> What's your
2: least favorite episode, mate?
0: What's the least favorite episode?
2: Moment fuck Moment. fuck uh, fuck fuck I can I'll tell you going. exactly which it is when the doctor says red bicycle age 12 and I was like explain this <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> Ex- explain e- why why do you know this about her there's there's no reason you know this about her did you time travel just back <laughs> in time and look at that one christmas of hers why tell me why do you know these things about this woman doctor
0: do you think it's in an episode where Rose like I'm just gonna go to, the to- I'm just gonna go like visit my mum quickly and then wrote and then he sort of just like like see you later and then just goes back to when Rose is 13 and just like leers I mean, until he until, until she until it's like how was your trip yeah not too bad did you miss me no because I saw you when I was 13 12
2: or maybe again in. does kind of do that a tenant does kind of do that in end of time Hmm. Or again, rather than that, like Nancy, did, uh, did the doctor think? You know what I'm going to do? One day, I'm just going to creep Rose out. So I'm going to go back <laughs> and look at her Christmas present she got on a random birthday, so I can fuck with her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or what? Or,
1: or <clears throat> what if he was at one point Father Christmas?
2: We're not considering that. Last Christmas, did Last Christmas did it he's been he's been Father Christmas more than once. <laughs> How many times has the doctor saved Christmas? We don't know. Why does he never save Ramadan? <laughs> 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 yeah, <literally. laughs> he's very. The doctor's got,
1: got some biases. So no, no, all. the
2: doctor would be saving Eid, Charlie. And Eid doesn't need saving, because it's a great time anyway. The doctor saves Kwanzaa. <laughs>
1: the
0: doctor saves Kwanzaa.
1: Joe Martin saves Kwanzaa.
0: Joe Martin saves Kwanzaa. Yeah. I wonder... Oh have you have you have you
1: got there yet?
2: I've not gotten there yet,
1: no. You've not got to Joe Martin yet, have you? You don't know why that joke's
2: funny. Yeah, I was I've 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 just today started watching the very latest series of Doctor Who and was um strap in. It's wild. It is
1: wild. You may have it's not perfect, but it is definitely wild.
2: Sasha Sasha the One's reveal as the master did cause genuine shock. Spoilers, it's, it's, but also, is it me or is this most
1: a tiny bit Joe Bluth? <laughs>
0: Why do you? He goes, it. come on! <laughs> 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 oh, I love Sashadwan's master so fucking much. Yeah, oh, I love it. You, you, you buckle in, Siobhan Like you've got, you've got. Well, have you watched spikeball Part One, but not Part Two? Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 you're going to get, you're going to get crazy, 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 Sacha Doanen. Um, I don't know what that was, anyway. It was fun. that yeah, it was nice. Um, shall we, t- shall we, we, we're going over, so shall we uh, we should start, we we start to wrap up? Shall we start to wrap up? Do you want to talk about Easter eggs? Have you got any? Uh, I've not really got, I've not
1: really got many, although Bad Wolf reference to the episode. Where? Um, it is the German bomb that Captain Jack is riding. It says, Schlechter Wolf.
0: Ah. Which, is which
1: is bad wolf in German.
0: So not only is it a phallic symbol, it's also uh, a gay egg. subcategory <laughs> and an Easter egg.
1: A bad wolf. A bad, bad wolf. That's a sub, subcategory. <laughs> um, or, or a dom, I don't know. It's a dom category.
0: No. I, wolves no, it's, it's wolves it's can be tops of It's a
1: joke on s- subcategories.
0: Do you think this episode we've talked <laughs> more about gay subcategories than the actual episode? <laughs> Almost <laughs> certainly, yes. <laughs> yeah, good, good. It, give the people what they want. I'm glad we have. Um, any Easter eggs from me? Um, only that I would really advise watching the Doctor Who Confidential for this episode because it has a rare... The appearance of Christopher Eccleston actually talking about the program. <laughs> it, um, what? No, because 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 that, because that Doctor Who Confidential, narrated by Sapson and Peg, um, that first season of Doctor Who Confidential is the start of the episode. Very very few shots of filming because I'm because I'm sure everyone was just so grumpy in that first season, and or like the the first and the whole parts of the episodes are like. Old doctors talking about their time on Doctor Who. Right. So this one was this Doctor Who Confidential was about the weird science in Doctor Who, um, and just like the stupid. But not tech- the eighties movie weird science. No, not the eighties movie Robert Downey Jr. Um, and he talked about techno babble. Um, and Stephen Moffat said the said the line, um, "No, no woman is interested in te- techno babble. Um, if the only people who are interested in te- te- techno babble are are men in sleeveless sweatshirts." who live with their mother and don't have sex.
1: <laughs> he said that on Doctor Who Confidential. He said that on
0: Doctor Who Confidential.
1: That's like his whole demographic.
0: Yep. <laughs> he literally insulted so many Doctor Who fans. Those like all the fans of Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so that was fun. Um, and you also have Christopher Eccleston looking at the Sonic Screwdriver, and I've never seen someone feign interest... In something as much, as was like because he, he had to explain him, like why it was so cool, and he was like, yeah, it's it's it's, it's cool. It's um, looks a bit like the TARDIS, you see there. It looks a bit like that. Get great. Like it's great. It's like Chris uh, Freckleston didn't cool. give
1: a shit about like he wanted probably as few gadgets as possible.
0: Yes, but also I think that Doctor Who Conf- I just think that Doctor Who Confidential is not Chris Freckleston's realm. Like, David Tennant <laughs> made Chris, Doctor Who Confidential at own. Oh, totally. Like, like that.
1: But you can you can still see now every anytime someone asks him about it, he's just like he, he could do Oscar-winning performances, and he would still only want to talk about Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love about David Tennant, is that he's gone on to do so much interesting work, but I, you get the sense his proudest achievement is still being Doctor Who for so mm. long and doing such, like, a consistently good job. And that's not to say that Chris Freckleston, it's its a problem that he's in a different direction. It's just, it's, it's a project, and he's done lots of other work.
0: Yeah, exactly. But David Tennant
1: just fucking loves Doctor Who.
0: Yeah. Um there's a shot of there's a rare shot of um uh Chris um laughing and Rose laughing in this this thing which is nice to see. I just like when I see Chris Eccleston as Chris Eccleston laugh outside of character on the shoots. So why it's why I've been going to be happy. So do I. That's what I want for Christopher Eccleston. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's not really Easter eggs. This segment is now called... That's not really an we Easter don't egg, we, but... But also, we use a lot of the Easter eggs in the conversation. Yes, <laughs> and we also did an episode last week where we looked at the Wikipedia page for that one. It's the same fucking words. Um, we copied and pasted it for this episode. Um, production uh, production, production oh, secrets. Before, before we
1: wrap up, um, something we touched on in our group chat. Is Captain Jack more Lando Calrissian or Han Solo?
0: Um, Han Solo, because he steals the ship. True. Um, sure. on
2: your, your take. Lando Calrissian, because he's pansexual.
1: Mm. So, uh, from this, I'm kind of getting, he fulfills the narrative purpose of Han Solo, but personality-wise, he has more in common with Lando. I would, I would, agree, I would agree.
2: Look at
0: that compromise. <laughs> um, I'm
1: the peacemaker between two angry queens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... This is internal homophobia. We're just like we're just we're just like glaring at each other in this, in this silent pauses. Um, uh, what, uh, what happens
1: if we get another Jew on the podcast and then you can be the peacemaker? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Um, I so, need to I need to know some first. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'll get my mum. Yeah. So what? Is the nice thing about grinder is you have sex and make friends. Uh, <laughs> in that order. Uh, yeah, normally. Yeah. Um, yeah, normally. yeah. <laughs> Um, this is
1: our gayest episode yet.
0: Ta-da! <laughs> um, right, what do we rate this episode out of nine? Siobhan, you Actually, know, Siobhan, I'll leave you to the last, because you are the guest, and so you have a prime polling position. Um, like a Formula One race, you, you, you've done it. Um, Charlie Harris? Nine. What, nine! There's another nine. Got, being,
1: well, I... I I kind of, if I was going to give one of them nine, I have to kind of give them both nine. Yep, that's true. But I'd say if Dr. Dances holds up, they will both be nine. I, I don't think I could only give one nine, and I do think it does, and even the small stuff that maybe didn't, I didn't love, they are so few and far between, and the good moments just are just so fucking good. Yep. So nine. I'm going to give it a nine. Fuck
0: you guys. <laughs> okay. Um, I am. I said last week that wait, listeners, wait and see if I give this episode a nine. And I'm not. I'm going to give it an eight. Um, I still. I think. I think I've got to be harsh. I think I've got to be the harsh one here and say that there is this episode is near perfect. There are just a couple of things that, like, just a couple of small things, like inconsistencies and etc. That I I love get sort and of get annoyed with, but also do annoy me. Um, and also, I think on re-watching, I think that a lot of the horror stuff that I'd credited in this episode, that I thought was going to be more in this episode, actually came from The Empty Child. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's I'm going to give it an 8. But that's still an 8. It's still an 8 out of 9. And it's probably our... If, if we did halves, which makes no sense, if we <laughs> halves... It would be an 8.5. Even maybe an 8.75. 8. To me, I kind of decided if it was, was
1: 8.5, which, yeah, maybe that's what I'd give it, I was going to round up.
0: Yeah, but I'm a gas, kind of half full, half empty. I'm a half empty type of type of bird. Uh,
1: I have said that you're pretty empty. <laughs>
0: I, I was an empty child and I still am. <laughs> um, um, just, yeah, uh,
1: just just before we go to Siobhan's thing, there's one thing I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention. There's this whole scene where Jack talks about how his, you know, memories were stolen, there's, what, like, two is it two years two of his years, life that he has yeah. no idea what happened? hmm That has never been developed. <laughs> that is, they have never examined that. In Doctor Who or Torchwood or anything else, they have never gone, actually, yeah, what did happen to all your memories? No, it just, cause have, it's just, because then they have, because all the immortal stuff, that's, like, his main character thing. No one talks about the stuff that happens pre, uh,
2: becoming immortal. Of the ways. I mean, just. <laughs>
0: I I think that it actually is mentioned. I think it's mentioned in the season two episode five of Torchwood Adam, where which is a great episode of Torchwood. Um, really like it. Um, it's really scary. It's basically like a. It, that's the concept that really freaks me out. It's Like where a guy invades the team and basically feeds into those memories, and through that episode. Oh,
1: that's the one with Brian Dick.
0: Yes. The ginger is that a ginger man. Yeah, he was um... ginger I, man. God,
1: I really like, he was um, Ernie Wise in Eric and Ernie.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Yep, yeah. him. Uh, he well, he was great in this episode, and
1: he and he's, he makes everyone like change their personalities, right? Yes, yes. By young thing of the right and one. he
0: makes he makes Tosh fall in love with him, which is really fucking creepy. He turns like
1: burn Gorman into a nerd.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, and in that episode, he reveals Jack's memories that he'd forgotten. We don't know when he'd forgotten. Um, about him, his brother, um, which then gets fed into the later seasons of Torchwood. And I think that it's potentially Connected. connected. I don't know. Okay. But I think there is a potential connection. But it's never been explicitly connected. Oh, no. No, in near explicit. <laughs> Torchwood's tortured, tortured doing explicit connections? No. No. <laughs> Torchwood having, like, a, a solid narrative line the whole way through, apart right. from Children of Earth?
1: No. Very much the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. of Doctor
0: Who. Oh, my God. There's <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man going past. Can we see him? No. This is it. That's exactly Season one of Torchwood is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season two of Torchwood is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But when um Hydra come into Agents of Shield, so it's good for five episodes. <laughs> and then um season three is Jessica Jones.
1: <laughs> and, um,
0: and season four and season
1: four is in humans.
0: Yeah, season four is in humans. Yeah that's it. There we go. We've done
2: it. We've done it. Um you your rating! I He is waiting. I will He is waiting and he is rating. This episode and eight. And the reason is just like the Empty Child The blackest lie that Jack Harkness tells is that he likes Rose's shirt, when obviously no one should or does.
0: I know that's the reason. You marked it down a whole one point. Narrative, plot, context, (laughs) gothic horror, scariness. And Rose's t-shirt is the one.
2: It is hideous. It It is hideous. hideous. It is hideous. And that's why, you know, he's still a sleaze because he tell, why lie? Just tell her the shirt's ugly. Someone needs to. Yep. <laughs> he should have negged her, is what you're saying. No, no, he should have negged her. He should have told, should have told, should have told, told the truth and said, That shirt's ugly, get rid of it. And then, boop, I'm off to die. How about we <laughs> to a better last line? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bur- Rose,
2: burn the shirt. <laughs> oh, uh, well,
1: think
0: mean, that's
1: everything we had to get through, but not necessarily in the order we intended. <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh, um, thank
0: you so much, Siobhan. Thank no no you. You've been a wonderful guest these last two weeks. Um, it's been wonderful having you. Um, that, was, that sounded really patronising. And and uh, I really didn't mean it too. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately now, that, now that
1: he's uh, recorded two episodes with us, we're going to have to have him put down. <laughs> yes, yes,
0: that was that's, that's the end of Siobhan Brown. I is um, uh, say goodbye, everyone. Uh, well, before that, can we... I, we don't. <laughs> before we kill him. Before we kill Siobhan... Uh, and end this episode, uh, simultaneously. Um, just want to plug on social media, we have a Twitter account, Doctor Cast. We have an Instagram account now, Doctor Um I don't know why I'm just repeating the same type. Well, because it's it's, that's what it's called. This is what it's called. Doctor Cast. that's what it's called. That's what the Insta bio is. That's what You're it is. You're doing so well. I know, really selling it well. Uh, we have an email account, DrHoodCast at gmail.com. So if you want to send any emails, um, what we would love is if you watched Dr Who when you were a kid and you are re-watching with us now, please... Just talk to be about your talk to us about your favourite moments, and we will get back to you. And talk to them. Talk he about really it.
1: meant talk to him. Talk <laughs> to me. I have a more fulfilling life. Than yeah,
0: that. yeah. No, Charlie will not look at the emails, but I will, and I care. So please, please email. Um, I've got t-shirts to burn. Yes, yeah, so you've got t-shirts. to burn, <laughs> Star Trek memes to create. <laughs> um, on that note, uh, bye Siobhan. Bye, Siobhan, Thanks so much. And thanks for having me. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.